nice to see you. All right. Yeah, thanks for doing this. It's really nice S to catch up. Simon. Yeah, it really is great. It's good to do it in uh, by video this time because yeah. our last conversation, we, we you know, we, it wasn't even clear that we were going to release it, right? No. We just had a yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's see what happens. Uh -huh. Then we put it out and, man, I know you've uh -huh. gotten these messages because I've gotten them too. Yeah. And I forward some to you and you forward some yeah. to me. Man, that one had a real yeah, yeah. impact. Yeah. And it's, it's it. There's something about the space you create to hold mm. trauma in a way that's practical, but mm. also um, is so different than your typical sort of therapy speak or you know the way that we want to massage trauma in the relative world. And yeah. I think it resonated with so many people who for whom that was it's the prime sort of holding, uh -huh. and they've been told, "Oh, just sit with it, just sit with it." Yeah. It's like no, it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels like it's too much. And so that was such a it's such a beautiful gift that you gave, Simon. Thank you. So I just want to thank you for that uh, before we do anything. Okay, no, let's get into it. And if you go into thanks, this is my turn to kind of make you squirm a little bit. So <laughs> only because, like, uh, you know, since our conversation, I've chatted to quite a lot of people. Um, that have reached out to me really lovingly, and a bit like you said, they've really resonated with uh, with that. You know what what we got out there, the fact that it was real and heartfelt. Oh, you seem to have gone all blurred. How exciting! Yeah, let me fix that. I know it, it's the only way that. Ooh. There we go. It's the only way that I'm actually presentable. Is completely yeah, just completely smudged. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No separation. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop my autofocus, but please tell me all the wonderful things oh, you're going yeah. to tell me about me. Yeah, yeah, please, <laughs> oh, please, come on, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, well, the, the interesting thing is you say that, but I know, I know you get a little bit squirmy. It, yeah, so, but it's tis the season and it's nice to share goodwill and, and love, isn't it? So, um, yeah, a lot of the people I speak have spoken to have been, yeah, just kind of reflecting that this is kind of how they found you know, this path of awakening or uh, the contemplative life or started digging into, you know, presence and exploring what this is. They said, oh yeah, I listened to Z-Dog. I listened to Zubin. I found his interviews with Angelo. And I know when we speak, your inclination will be, yeah, that's Angelo. That was Angelo doing the work, you know. So I was there, but Angelo was what projected it into the world. Yeah, of course, yeah, that's very true. And you were absolutely instrumental in that. And I think it was a bit of, it feels like a bit of a, a sea change, like a, a changing of the tide. So many people, I think, post those videos, including myself as well, because I was familiar with Angelo, but I hadn't seen, I'd never, and still have never seen anything like it in the world. You know, an in-depth interview exploring presence and awakening with someone who's deeply integrated it's not out there. It's still not out there, in fact. It's pretty unique. And you were crucial to that. Um, so you've changed a lot of people's <laughs> lives, dude, like including my own. So yeah, mm -hmm. nice. You, yeah, oh, Simon, you know, mm, the thing is, so you're right. That would have made me squirm uh, because there was so much me that was reactive mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. sense that this kind of deep, I, kind of unworthiness, like ah, I'm never good enough or I'll never be awake enough or I'm not ready to talk yeah. about this and I'll yeah. never be ready to yeah, talk about yeah, this. Yeah. Actually, after meeting you, <laughs> you specifically gave me permission mm. and and affirmation that, mm. hey, you know what? It's okay to do exactly what you're doing. It's not mm. just okay, it's right to mm. do it. And you don't have to 
um, justify or squirm or or any of that because this is the effect it's having. And, mm. and that actually allowed a lot of relaxation here. It was like, okay, okay. And and then there's of course the insight that I'm not even doing it. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The deepest sense. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's a huge relief. It's like, okay, yeah. well then I'll just show up. Yeah. I'll just show up. Yeah, yeah. If he wants to move, it'll move. And actually, uh, what you find sometimes, and that's always the risk of doing this kind of thing, you know, if he wants to seize up, it'll seize up as well. Like, you know, it's, it's a really fascinating flow, isn't it? So, like, it's so beyond self. Like, it's so beyond self. And it doesn't exclude us at all. It, we're, we're totally, well, it is us in the deepest sense, but it's uncontrollable in the in the usual way of of seeing things. So there may be circumstances where, yeah, you want you, yeah you want to feel into flow. You want to feel into connection. You want to have like a meeting with Zubin and think, yeah, we're going to explore the shit out of awakening and all this kind of stuff. And then you just go, oh man, I'm a, like I've got a bit of wind from dinner and like yeah, it's a bit cold. I've decided to have a questionable fashion choice of putting a really hot hat on for like two hours. So I'm going to start sweating. <laughs> so we shall see. Yeah, yeah. So, but... Uh, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, but I, was, I guess I'll just say, well, actually, it doesn't go to plan. It, and, it, and I kind of spoke about this a little bit in a video that I put out recently, is that actually it's the incessant urge to plan uh, most of life to fight against the, uh, the unpredictability of of life and, and nature and the world that causes us so much uh, stickiness and suffering and pain really because we're we're, f we're battling well we think we're battling something we're battling the world but we're just fighting ourselves it's just an internal battle of narrative versus narrative and all the time life is unfolding but because we're not in tune with it there's there's a friction there's a felt friction you know and the unfortunate thing is because the habit's so deep, we go, oh, I need to try harder. I need, I need a different tactic. Not, oh, I can let go into this. Actually, this is what's causing the friction. It's like, oh no, it's because I'm not good enough. I, I'm the one not doing this right. Look at, so I could say, look at Zubin over there in California. You know, he's got, he's got it going on and he's got his shit together. So obviously, like, he's making life go to plan. So I need to plan harder. I need to work harder. And it's just this <laughs> like endless cycle of, uh, well, suffering really, like self-perpetuated suffering. And it's difficult to see. Uh, it's difficult to see, but you beautifully articulated it. And, <laughs> and the thing is, this is the key thing. And what's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking, it's funny, we're creating our own mind-created, consciousness-created, reflective worldview, and mm. we're projecting it onto everyone else. So mm. what you were describing, projecting onto me, mm. oh, he looks like he has yeah, it exactly. together, it's going to plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the same. Uh -huh. yeah. like, oh, he seems so relaxed, yeah. and everything is in flow, and I, I have to like, all this equipment, and I'm worried about this, and you know, do these things make me look like a total douchebag? Uh. And, and you're thinking, oh, well, next time I'll plan it, <laughs> Uh, so that it'll be more together and then we'll be yeah, able to get into flow, yeah. but it's not like that at all. No. It, it's a complete trust mm. that everything is unfolding mm. exactly as it mm. should and you're just mm. showing up in a way yeah. you can't not. Yeah. And it's that letting go of the, um, 
the struggle against what's happening and the struggle to plan, realizing mm. that was never in anybody's control. Mm. This is just an orchestration beyond yeah. our understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you just show up. And, and actually this last retreat, this Angelo retreat yeah. in Carolina, that became so apparent. It was Amazing. like, ah, I've been struggling. Like, yeah. how can you plan? Yeah. There's no such thing as that. And for the mind that's yeah. listening, there's yeah. probably a lot of minds, right, Simon, that are oh, like, wait, yeah, wait, wait, but yeah. I have to get from point A to B, and how can I do my job if I'm not like sketching out mentally mm. what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. How do how do you think about that? How do you, how do you process that? Yeah, well, I mean, this is going to be kind of interesting, but I guess like the, I know it's beyond paradigms. This it is beyond paradigms. There's no real framework that you can put onto it, but actually, a reasonable. Uh, I wouldn't say paradigm, but like a reasonable ideal of, of how this can manifest is the Buddha, you know, the Buddha's life. And if you think about his awakening story, it's so beautiful. Like it's so deeply, deeply beautiful. But then if you think about trust, he then from that moment, from that moment of, of complete awakening and realization, he walked the land barefoot with nothing but a shawl on his back, an empty bowl in his hand and a walking stick in a jungle in India for the rest of his life, completely trusting that this is going to be okay. Like we think about trust and we think about, oh, can I trust that I'm going to be able to go on retreat and not have like Kundalini overload? Or can I trust that I'm going to be able to pay the bills? Like this is, this is like trusting every second of his survival to the universe, second by second. And from that trust as well, his only, his, it's hard to say his heart's desire because obviously if you've had a taste of awakening, you know it doesn't, it's not his heart's desire, but the wisdom that wanted to manifest through him as, as the perfection of wisdom was compassion and giving and it was meeting everyone he came across to try and free them from suffering. I mean, talk about like... Uh, well, just, just a beautiful, hopeful image. And also, it shows you what's on the line, doesn't it? It shows you the stakes, really. Because a lot of the time, we think of this awakening path as being, yeah, yeah, okay, I can do it, but I'm going to keep that bit. I'm going to grasp that bit. Or I'm still going to keep this little addiction, you know. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's completely natural. But it shows the level of trust for someone to just open to the to presence, to deep knowing presence, and then say, right, I'm going to walk the land for 40 years and trust the universe will give me what I need to help people uh, unbind from suffering for the rest of my life. And I've got not a penny or a grain of rice. It's like, wow, okay. That's trust, isn't it? <laughs> That's trust. Yeah. That's trust. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's beautiful. And, you know, something as you were talking about that and pointing, it's such a beautiful symbol. That kind of trust, it doesn't... See, for the Buddha, that was exactly the trust that was mm, needed because exactly. compassion was how yeah. he was showing up. That's exactly. how the wisdom was coming through exactly. that instrument. Exactly. And for you or I, we don't, we may not know what that is, mm. but the yeah. trust then is that yeah. it will yeah, exactly. manifest. It will yeah, show yeah, up yeah. if you if you allow that. And, mm. and even even the you allowing that is is tricky because there's a sense of doership. The trust is really that like the next thing that happens is absolutely perfectly okay mm. 
and is going to is going to be exactly right and that's so against everything we're societally conditioned to believe yeah, in yeah, thought yeah, yeah. like no 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 there's a me pushing against a world and if i don't push if i as i as the individual doesn't don't push mm. it, nothing is going to happen <laughs> the way yeah. i want yeah, it yeah, yeah 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 and, and and from the standpoint of any realization actually that's that's clear it's like wow <laughs> the good news, like you just can start laughing mm. because the good news mm -hmm. is it was never like mm. that. No, exactly. That was always just yeah, part of the yeah, unfolding. Yeah. And what's actually yeah. happening is just absolute indescribable. What? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, show, it can show up as like uh, absolute compassion for suffering of, mm -hmm. of beings that, that, that are still, their attention is in this sort of, delusive pattern of thought that says I could have done otherwise, or I should mm -hmm. do otherwise, or I will do otherwise, time bound and all that. And your heart just opens mm. and then you just do the next thing. But the trick is hmm, that doesn't mean, so, so part of that trust is trusting when we slip into that delusive state. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> Which, think there's I, this misapprehension yeah, 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 that yeah. that's gone forever. Yeah, yeah, well, I really like- <laughs> Yeah, that, um, that, that's, that's okay too. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like, um, I know Angelo has mentioned the Bodhisattva vows in the past, and there's like four of them. I don't know if you know them, but one of them is, yeah, like delusion arises ceaselessly, um, and I vow to see through it, you know. So it's, it's not that um, you suddenly get to a stage where that delusive habit just disappears. It's a, it's a habit in the world, you know, it's got energy behind it. So it's very easy. And it, maybe this is a good time to reflect, because... There's a few things I've, I've not been sure whether to bring up or not um, because, well, I mean, you, you've seen how I like to be in the world. I, I want to uh, uh, kind of foster connection, really, because that feels like the way. That's For me, that is the great way. Like, that is the way of, uh, yeah, the way of peace, you know, the way of connection, love, interaction, compassion, kindness, joy, equanimity. All of these things is connection. But there seems to be something I'm seeing on online, let's say. We'll just leave it at online. <laughs> online. Yeah. And it's people that have been engaged in the awakening process and this pretty deep stage realization. But then there seems to be this, uh, how do I describe it? Almost like this narrowing again. Like it's almost like the, I don't want to say necessarily it's delusion tricking people back into delusive thoughts but certainly if, if there isn't vigilance and it's not a vigilance of striving it's a vigilance of, of awareness a vigilance of mindfulness you know a, a, a clarity of wisdom but if there isn't vigilance throughout the path for the rest of our lives in fact then delusion can grab hold and we've seen it in many like uh, religious teachers spiritual teachers but i've seen just a few people Actually, it's starting to sound a little bit mean. Some of what they're saying is sounding a little bit like mean. It's like meanness shrouded in awakening. So I'll give you an example, like a, not an example, like a metaphor. That might picture it. So imagine you're stuck down a well. You've fallen into a deep, deep well. It's pitch black. It's cold. You're trapped. You're scared. You're hurt. You're alone. Yeah, and then you hear a voice from the top of the well, and that voice says, "Oh wow, you're in a well." And you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, help me, help me." He's like, "You just need to choose to get out." Like, 
Yeah, I've been trying. Yeah, <laughs> but that's because that that's that's just because you're deluded. See through the delusion of being stuck and get yourself out of the well. It's like, dude, I am fully broken. I cannot I like I can't see. Uh, my legs shattered. It's like, well, I can explain to you now for the next half an hour from outside the well all the ways in which you're deluded and then mm. get out of the well. So mm. that's one aspect. And can you see the difference mm. between, <clears throat> for me, what compassion feels like is I see you in a well, I get in a well with you. I sit next to you in the dark and I say, this well is shit. What are we going to do? Let's, let's come together. Not even what we're going to do. How are you? That's it. How are you? I'm next to you. And, and, yeah, yeah. What? And you're where they are. Exactly. You're where they are in the well. You're there. And we, and you're we, and we exactly may their never position. get out. Yeah. We may never get out. Yeah. But we'll do it together. Yeah. 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 And that's it. And, and it's oh. such, a, such a simple yeah. little thing. And this is, um, for me, this feels like the fruition of the unbound heart uh, mm. through awakening and deep realization, as opposed to. Um, kind of a, it's like a clear wisdom that's very kind of icy almost like it's yeah, it, it yeah. definitely you can see through certain delusions but it's like okay well you've woke up now what what are you going to do okay so you don't get anything for waking up you don't get anything in fact you lose everything really so what are you going to do how are you going to live your life how are you going to meet the world are we going to tell people how they should be different or are we going to meet people where they're at with an open heart and for me well one feels alive and full of love and connection and one feels well still a bit delusive really just feels like yeah like you know oh oh i don't know if any if if any of that resonates like but Every single word, because I, every time I open up YouTube and the algorithm feeds me something, I'll watch a few minutes of somebody, and some are very—I mean, some are very clear, and you know. But yeah, then yeah, the others, yeah, yeah. I think my word for it is la- is so. There's delusive thought, right? There's fixation. Mm. There's still the appearance, and this can happen at any time, and it happens ongoing. That's why that vigilance, that mm. mindfulness, that yeah. self-compassion needs to be there there's a fixation that there is one right way that someone should <laughs> yeah, be, that I should be, that yeah, the world yeah. should be. And reality, when you touch into it, even touch it, even glance into its nature, there is no way it wants mm. to be. It wants to be exactly as it is. So if that as it is, is you at the bottom of a well with a broken leg saying, I will never wake up, mm. I am so hurt, mm. and you're, you, everything, everything you say about delusion feels sterile and shamey to me. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm not good enough to see yeah. through this delusion. Yeah, or, yeah. And I'll tell you, and I can say the reason I resonate with this so much is I went through a strong phase of this sort of fixation uh-huh. where it's like, oh, this is reality. Can't you see it? All your suffering is optional. Why? Why would you not see it? It must be that you're just yeah. karmically not ready to yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. And yeah. then I feel into myself and go, well, there's my suffering. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. It's worse than ever. Yeah. There's parts of it that are yeah. held, are totally fixated. Yeah. So I clearly yeah. haven't allowed, I haven't felt, I haven't been with myself where I am. Yeah. I'm trying to hold myself to an ideal that yeah. that is fixated. 
Like, oh, no, 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 emptiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it goes back to what we yeah. said before. It's like, oh, but that guy's got it together. So I, yes. so I need to be better. I need to try harder. And none of that's rooted in, yes. none, none of that's rooted in, in really in allowing and love and compassion. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's tricky, isn't it? Because I get it. it. I don't, well, I get it. I get what's going on a, a little bit, but it's hard to talk about because it's not, it's not personal. It's not, none of it's personal. I'm not being personal. It's not a personal thing. It's the opposite of that. But I guess um, one other way of describing it is, let's say I receive or we receive some negative feedback online. Yeah. And I know you have. I know <laughs> I have, you know. No, no, never. Yeah, no, no, I'm perfect. No, no, exactly. Everyone loves but, me. But even, yeah. regardless of whether that's true or not, if, you, if somebody like uh, kind of, really feels they need to comment like with negativity towards us like that's yeah i mean that that's painful for them if you're in a situation where you have to react to and basically inert conversation because really we're not pushing that many buttons i know we are to an extent but in a world of opinion we're not we're not going oh yeah palestine israel this or you know transgender reassignment we're not we're not doing that what we're doing is saying, uh, like, oh, maybe feel into the way that you are right now and see if you can be compassionate towards yourself. Like, no, dude, you can go screw yourself. Like, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But then for me, that's like, oh, well, okay, well, I can't be there for you now because you're obviously not able to communicate, but I certainly don't feel any ill will. I can't feel any ill will because as soon as there is that, then there's other, isn't there? And it's duality. You immediately slip into duality. Because it's like, oh no, they, the apparent they now, the bad other, is attacking me. And I need to justify myself as to why I am on the right path. And maybe they need to raise their vibration a little bit to meet me. You know, and for me, it's it's sticky. That that kind of thing is sticky. Mm, it's like, sticky. okay, you can't be there necessarily for that person to change them. But hold them with, in good regard in your heart. Why not? Like, just say... To yourself, to not for anybody, just say, yeah, man, I feel you. I know what it's like to yeah. have really strong opinions rooted in fear. I know that feeling, you know, I've had it a yeah. lot. And yeah. it's painful. It is really painful. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, it, it's so beautiful. And a practice, there's a couple things I want to circle back to in what you were saying, because one of them is yes, this reactivity. And by the way, I, I just a quick pitch. You did a video on reactivity about exactly this, the online yeah, sort of yeah. comment space. Kind of inspi- great, a little such bit a inspired by you actually, because like um, ah. there's, I've not seen many people communicate about reactivity um, really online, as in like that close, intimate work with it, you know. But remember you, you did like a Sunday Zen thing I think it was actually, yeah, it was a Sunday Zen thing just after I emailed you, in fact, like like when we were off the beginning of our bromance, if you want to call it that. Yes, so, right. But, you inspired me with that email, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but actually, yeah. that I seeing you communicate like that, it's like, actually, let's bring it to the surface. This is just really, like, uh, nuts and bolts, practical, easy to see, uh, but very, very deep practice. 
Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, having done that practice, say with road rage or traffic, uh, yeah. turning it into onto the online space now, it's almost automatic. So what will happen is, I can just tell you my experience. Like there'll be a comment that it's something about a spirituality thing. So now it actually matters matters to me because yeah. if it's about medicine or about vaccines or yeah, about COVID, not, listen, I've been yeah, through all that. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, opinion yeah, is wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's no right opinion at this point. But with this, it's it's now, it, there's a subtle sense of ownership of this because this is the direction that I really am passionate about. It feels like where mm. things are going. And so the comment will say something like, oh, I don't like the way you pointed here or you're too much bound in thought, whatever it is, whatever mm. it is. And so instantly there's a feeling in the body of, <laughs> Mm. It's a kind of contraction, mm. a, a, a subtle pulling back, mm. and then a tendency to want to jump into thought mm. and start to justify, defend, or process this. Mm. Now, instead, what happens is almost instantly, it's like, oh, I got a trigger here. How about yeah. that? Let me feel what that yeah, is. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. right here. And it feel it's like this energetic. And if I really mm. let it go, if I really dive into it, it's a little scary, but... Oh, it's like shame and oh, all yeah, this. Yeah, and, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like this gratitude arises yeah, after yeah. you really feel that. Maybe you cry, yeah. maybe something emotion triggers. Then you're like, this person just uh -huh. gave a gift. And then you realize, yeah. I was just projecting yeah. my own thing onto this person. And then you yeah, feel into what yeah. the person's suffering is. And you're like, this poor person, uh -huh. like they're they're seeking. Yeah. They're yeah. in the bottom of the well looking yeah. for a way exactly. out. Just like exactly. all of us. Exactly, yeah. And think of how much it must have triggered them mm. and their emotion body that they went and started typing into YouTube. Mm. Like this is not some kid who's sitting in mm. a basement somewhere. This is probably a high functioning mm. adult who saw this video and felt so compelled. Mm. And so then this this compassion. Mm. Now, now the other thing with that, when you were talking about this, it made me think, we were talking about these spiritual teachers on YouTube. Uh -huh. There were two different responses that came inbound to me about Adya Shanti, who mm. is, you know, this legendary spiritual yeah, Deeply teacher. realized human, yeah. Deeply realized being. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when Angela talks about Adya, it's like, he sounds like a fanboy. It's like, this guy yeah. is like empty. I mean, it's, it's all nice, get -go. isn't it? Because like, uh, I don't know if Angela would agree, but he's kind of like, um, almost like a progeny, you know, in the way that he writes. Certainly when I read um, Awake, It's Your Turn, it's just like, it's, it's like hearing Adya's, style with Angela yes. you know you can tell that Angela's yes. had an influence well not just an influence but like a, a deep connection like a deep connection and that's yeah. and that's like yeah. compassionately and lovingly coming out in Angela's communication so yeah yeah he's, he's a beautiful teacher yeah and 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 Angela's spent time in you know Adya's presence uh -huh. yeah has described some of it to me and it's it's quite clear and if you read Emptiness Dancing or one of Adya's books yeah. you just it's so clear it's kind of scary. And uh, actually, again, a side note, and I'll get to the main <laughs> point. I recently, I, I, you know, at the end of Emptiness Dancing, there's an interview that Anya mm, does with Tammy right. Simon about his yeah, own life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's quite an interview. So the first time I heard it was some time ago on audio, then I read it and it always resonated on some level. I read it again just the other day after coming back from retreat. Mm. And I was, my jaw was on the ground because mm. everything he was pointing at was now a lived experience mm. of mine. Not exactly, but so close that I was like, wait a minute, I, I never understood what he was saying. Mm. Even on mm. an, I knew there was something there, but mm -hmm. even the deepest intuitive level. And now I'm like, oh, wow, mm. holy shit. Mm. Like, oh my God, it was this huge release of like, 
okay, okay. And it just it just deepened the trust that everything is unfolding. Mm. Like just just let it be. Stop pushing and pulling and thinking you know what you're doing because you never will. It's it's this. Mm. So two responses to Adya's retirement letter where yeah, he said, listen yeah. guys, I think it's time I stop yeah, yeah, yeah. teaching. And sometimes it just becomes clear and I've learned to listen to this voice of the years. Yeah. And so one thing that's been happening is this chronic pain exactly. and a lot of very bad yeah, physical karma yeah, yeah. and a kind of PTSD exactly. that has happened mm. from this. And I think I feel like I need to sit with this and so on. And so there were two responses. One came inbound to me from someone I know, and they said, man, I was so angry when I read Adya's letter because I feel like, you know, these fucking gurus are lying to us. Here they are suffering. He had chronic pain. He had this, he had uh, that. And he's sitting here saying, you know, the absolute. Wow, this and that this. is intense. And, and, and here... And here I am fucking yeah, suffering and wondering yeah, why he's so yeah, perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's not fucking perfect. Yeah. And the anger was coming wow. off the page. And the thing is, so the thing is I felt it too. I felt into what he was saying and I felt exactly what he was feeling. Yeah. And I responded from that place yeah. of understanding. I go, I know why it would feel this way. Absolutely, mm. I understand what you're feeling. It is horrible to feel like there's this perfect thing and then it, that veil is stripped away and you realize we're all humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Yeah. keep going, don't give up, et cetera. Then the other inbound was a, someone I met at retreat and I met with recently. And she said this, she said, when I read Adya's letter, it was this massive joyous relief mm. because mm -hmm. I knew this, what he was mm. pointing at already, which is there's never an end to the human experience mm. and there never needs to mm. be. And the fact that he could have PTSD and still have such realization mm. and such clarity exactly. shows me that I will never have to strive for this asymptotic perfection. I can just let it be and let realization yeah. be. And if that shows up as PTSD, yeah. if it shows up as some suffering, yeah. then I can discern it and and let it be. And it was a huge like burden off her because she's an achiever mm. and has always kind of sought awakening. And then when it came, she was like, there's nothing to achieve. But then look at that guy, he's perfect mm. and he's perfect. And always mm -hmm. the comparing mind and the comparing mind mm. could relax. So Adya gave two gifts, mm. two different yeah. gifts to two different yeah, people yeah, at two yeah. different places. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've wanted to, I wanted to do, a, uh, say some words about Adya and about his retirement letter. But I mean, David McDonald said some really lovely words about um, him his response to kind of like non-dual fundamentalism, which was really good. But I guess the other thing that I oh, wanted beautiful. to pull out, which was different to what David pulled out, was exactly what you're talking about, is uh, the human manifestation that we share. This is what you get. This is what you get. Mm. There's no, you don't escape it. You don't like suddenly wake up. Uh, well, the only thing you can wake up to is your humanity. That's it. That's all you've got to wake up to. That's it. That's <laughs> there, there is yes. Nothing. And you can recognize how that humanity is not isolated and separate from nature. It is a force of nature and you are it. So yeah, of, of course, ah. but it's, but it's deeply human, you know? Um, and actually what, what's really interesting is that he's because of the pain, his body suffered whilst he was deeply awakened and deeply realized he then, his nervous system went into post-traumatic stress disorder so it points yeah. to the fact that actually there's real care that, in, that is just practical, kind of got nothing to do with awakening. It's just about looking after this being that we can do 
that, that will help us becoming overwhelmed, traumatized, disconnected, distant, and suffering from chronic pain. And it's kind of what we touched on, you know, the first time that we spoke, but, you know, and maybe that's why some people really resonated with it, because it's just not, not woo. There is like, there's loads of really good advice that's really well tested um, about how to just regulate the nervous system so that things like chronic pain can be managed and so that trauma can be healed from or we don't re-traumatize ourselves. So yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was a really important message for Ajitashay. And actually, there could be some, I, I don't know, I don't know Ajitashay, I don't know Ajitashay, but you could say, well, actually, had he known about the state of play in the field of trauma healing now, which is pretty, pretty great, you know, like it's better than it's ever been. Had he known about that 20 years ago, would that have given him different tools, just practical tools to be able to work with, mm. you know, his pain, his, his human manifestation? Who knows? But I guess I'm, I'm kind of advocating, as I probably have known to do, <laughs> but I'm advocating for, yeah, just like um, well-researched, simple, um, practical skills that can help you be a person. Like, yeah, you can wake up, but you don't get to abandon this. In fact, you, you have this all the way until you don't have it anymore. yes and and okay and and this is good by the way people this is good news you keep this is like the best news whilst i turn the heating up so yeah if you chat they can just look at your face oh nice i'm putting a bit of heat into the room it's that it's that santa claus hat is getting you hot no no i'm cold you know i'm getting chilly Oh, you, yeah, I know. Damn, dude, maybe we should check your thyroid. See, there are <laughs> physical manifestations. It's not all energy, Virtual although it's thyroid, all energy, exactly. but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, yeah. it's a little, it's a little <laughs> nodule. Um, man, so th- th- this is great news because, okay, the insight, like, and I, again, I can speak only from my own experience and then from talking to the limited number of people that I interact with, increasing every day, because now I find, I don't know, Simon, like, since retreat, it's been so clear mm. that, like, there's a showing up for others yeah. that yeah, yeah. is very different, actually, because before I was still, I was so focused mm. on, I have to get clear and wake up so fully that it's so beyond any doubt that I can open my mouth about it to others. Uh-huh. And now it's like, that's never going to happen. Mm. Meaning it's it's that it's trying yeah, to reach that perfection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you feel what you're called to do and you do it carefully. And mm. if people are telling you you're doing it poorly, then you should listen. Yeah. <laughs> but but in general now, this, um, this re-inhabiting of, our humanness mm. fully, mm. feeling mm. all of it, mm-hmm. having the tools and working mm. at things where we're not able to feel it all because we're re-traumatizing or we're re-triggering. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we're not resourced fully. All the things which I'm gonna link to our previous podcast that you talk, we talked about in our audio only yeah. podcast, uh, it, it, that work now becomes inevitable. It becomes mm. imperative. It becomes, mm. so at retreat, what was happening to me, I went in with a certain intention. I was like, I'm going to die on this retreat. I'm going to hit open. Oh, really? in. Okay. No self is just going to be, everything's uh. just going to be radiant. And what's funny is, so I got that wish in a sense, yeah. the first morning uh-huh. I was sitting and I was like, oh, 
Huh. <laughs> <Now> so simple. <laughs> now what? Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's not like that sticks forever. Yeah, that's my, yeah, the way yeah, I perceive yeah. the world constantly. Yeah. But it was so clear that there was never a me doing any of this. There was always this, always this radiance, yeah, always, yeah. all through childhood. I flashed through my whole yeah. life yeah. and everything that was living it was not me anymore. It was oh, this beautiful. radiance and beautiful. it was so perfect. And it, I started crying and I was like, the poor suffering child that thought it was yeah. responsible for yeah. this you know, it could, it, that suffering was entirely, mm. could be seen through. And then this love, this just opening of the heart that, and this is still the case for so many beings everywhere. Mm. And your heart breaks open yeah. and you're just like, oh, well, there's nothing to do, but like come back into this. Exactly. Know that it's, it's, the, it's the instrument moving, th moving through this and, and act in a way that makes sense in the world yeah. for suffering beings. And, and, th and then the rest of the retreat was just feeling into all the suffering in the room and then mm. reflecting back, the mind going back and going, what does it say about you mm. that you're concerned about this person? What is it in you that you're not feeling? And then feeling into mm. that and the attention just going right to that mm. place that would have been the most scary to go to and it mm. happening just spontaneously. Mm. And again and again and again, and just and then one morning just sitting in the in the shower, just curled up in a ball, the shower going and just sobbing and sobbing, yeah. and sobbing not even knowing where it's coming from. Yeah. And this going on for like five days. And yeah. I remember when I got home, all the energetics and the Kundalini happening. And when I got home and my wife, who's so clear now, and, and she's like, so, you know, is there anything you can say about any of that? And I was like, <laughs> it was so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, so yeah, hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so hard and so perfect. Uh -huh. And yeah, and, uh, and but, but it is, it's that knowing that this is it. And this thread of humanity, now, like it's one thing, I'm sure there are people who have no ties energetically to this manifestation and they can disappear into a cave for the rest of their lives and be empty. I'm sure that's possible. But for me and for others that I've talked to and some that are very highly realized, no self type of beings, they'll say, oh, I'll touch into that oblivion, that complete empty radiance. And then there'll be a thought of my daughter. Mm. Mm. And I'm right here, mm. fully manifest yeah. in an yeah. awake way. And it's like, yeah. that's so beautiful. That's what it is. It is. It you know, really is. Oh, it that is. sounds like an amazing, uh, yeah, kind of an amazing unfolding when you were on retreat. Yeah, it's so beautiful when you start. And this is, the, I spoke about it, you know, in something that I put online. This is the language of the heart, isn't it? That this is, this is exactly what it is. Mm. We're learning to speak and listen to the language of the heart. It's not, you know, we've, we've had so much of our life just wrapped in, you know, these conceptual ideas of, of what we are, what the world is, we, we become uh, just disconnected, like kicked out, thrown out of our own manifestation. So then when we start feeling again fully, we start to realize, oh, there's a whole, yeah, whole universe of subtlety and connection. And it's all emotionally like enmeshed and intertwined and embedded and, and rippling and shimmering. And this is the language trying to communicate the thing it can never communicate, you know. So actually having those experiences of like five days of just, it's almost, when, I've had, when I first started finding that place, it was almost like f exploring a landscape. That's the only way, I, it's the only way I can kind of describe it. It's like, uh, but a 15-dimensional hypercolor, landscape of like made of every element all morphing into each other and you know it doesn't the words don't really describe but it feels like you're exploring 
th what this emotional energetic being is um yeah and you learn and, and you learn because actually the more you become familiar with that landscape the more you just inhabit it for the rest of your life you're just like oh this is the place this is the place where i live now where i will always live or, or the place i live from you could say i mean it's as you can tell it's difficult to talk about but yeah it's really beautiful oh. that you get in like yeah getting access to this because it never stops you don't it's not like it stops giving you access to this love and presence it's nothing this universe is nothing but love and presence you know so there we go yeah. just like how much have you got uh, well let's keep going yeah. keep going keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and there'll, yeah, yeah. And there'll yeah. always be a situation a different situation where it will be called upon you to meet it with an open heart so it's like okay my data for the last five weeks at home do my daily routine I've been still, I've been present, I've been, you know, no wobbles, no wavers, absolute presence. Okay, but all it takes is to get splashed in a puddle. All it, you know, all it takes is to meet someone and have the interaction go a little bit awry and you feel that invitation of the heart to either, I say either, the invitation is always to open to it, but you'll feel the habitual reaction, which is to flinch. To, to twinge, to move away, to change, and as you talked about before, to push or pull on the experience as opposed to remain in the experience as the experience, open to the experience, knowing the experience, you know? Like, yeah, mm. It's, mm. yeah, and it might sound, and for, you know, for those, if anybody watches this and for anyone listening, I know it might sound a little <laughs> kind of, um paradoxical and a little bit strange when we start it almost can sound like word salad a little bit you know like you're falling over yourself yeah but you don't have to worry about that you can you can just simplify it down to exactly like you said what's right here can i be with it can i open to it where is the love and if you just go there again and again and again you will find the resources that you need to live a loving life ah that is so, oh, so beautifully expressed, man. Yeah, it's funny because I'm right there with you as you're talking and I know I know how that shows up as word salad because mm, I've experienced yeah. it as word salad, as a Hallmark card or a greeting card mm, or a platitude mm, or a cliche. Yeah. And the truth is no, it's, it's it, what everything you said is exactly correct and it still can't even touch no. what that is. No. Now, w one thing that you mentioned is we're, we're trapped in this manifestation. We're excluded from the manifestation by the conceptual mind that Ooh. wants to label everything. And one of the realizations that occurred that first morning when I saw things, and I've seen them before in in, in this way, but this was as clear and stable and uh, unmistakable as, yeah. as it could possibly seem to have gotten, although I'm sure it goes even deeper. Uh. <laughs> it, it was a sense that, hmm, it's when this mind stops labeling, mm -hmm and the labels are just seen as label, and there's nothing happening but what is happening exactly as it is without any addition or subtraction from the conceptual mind, yeah. pure presence yeah, of what yeah, is, yeah. in a open, trusting, loving position, <laughs> orientation, then 
what has always been here, the kingdom of heaven that is spread upon mm. the earth is seen. Mm. And it's just like, oh, and it's so simple. Mm. It's so clear and it's so without mind that when mind returns to try to tell a story about it, it can't even remember mm. what it is. It only tells a story of, I saw something crazy. <laughs> Uh, but, but it can't, it can't yeah, yeah, yeah. say it's what like, this is. Even yeah. right now, you can't yeah, say yeah, what this yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's so wild, isn't it? Because yeah. if I was to talk, you know, it's really interesting because at a certain point, you stop, you stop uh, reifying any experience. In fact, any experience, because like if I was to talk about. Um, my meditative experiences as an example you know experiences in meditation like it's it how do i describe this it's about as wild as anything anybody could possibly imagine like a lot you know it has been that but it's all just experience it's all like it, it's exactly. not yeah and and it's not not important it, as in like it does have value because it's a, it's valuable isn't it's it what's like, happening. yeah it's what's happening yeah. but it's not yeah you can't grab any of it it just comes and goes it's like everything every other conditional experience it just comes and goes you know and that's not where the peace lies you know the it's really beautiful so i mean we've spoken a little bit about zogchen i won't talk too much about zogchen because it can be a little bit uh what's the word it's exotic maybe because it's it's quite Odd, but you might have seen like a like a tanker, which is like a an Indian picture of some Buddhist deities. In you know, uh, I say deities; they're not gods, by the way. They're just bodhisattva figures. So bodhisattva figures are like uh, emanations of facets of awakening. Really, it's like a yeah, moving beyond the linguistic side of thinking. Well, how do we represent uh, total compassion, for instance? So then you have a deity to to kind of you know represent that you know it's like it's more esoteric um but yeah so in Zogchenpa they talk a lot about exactly this you know tapping into um that presence which is indescribable as the heart essence of this is in the they call it like the primordial self-aware naturally perfected mm. state that's what Zogchen is the, the perfected self-perfected state but that's the essence of this. However, the nature of this is movement, or the nature of this is manifestation. And nature and essence are never two. They are the same thing. Form is only emptiness, and emptiness is only form. So, but what can happen is, and I think this is maybe what's happening a little bit in the wisdom teacher people that are really into trying to explain the wisdom side of this. It's like, okay, but how are you going to manifest? Because in a lot of the teachings, they talk about, well, the natural manifestation of presence and truth is movement, is thought, compassionate action. You know, you could say dancing, singing, playing as life in life. And then and then collapsing back into the, the nothing stillness. And then, you know, it's indescribable, really. But you can't. You know, in they would say the darkeny aspect, which is the sky dancer, that's the movement, and then the guru aspect, which is the clear seeing, the wisdom. So the guru and the sky dancer are never separate in Zogchen. You know, they're not two. Well, obviously they're not two. Not, there's never two, 
but it's the guru that points the way, the great way. The guru, the guru is the knowledge and the dark and he sings. It's like, okay, yeah. So you've got this beautiful interplay and yeah, it's learning to re-inhabit that, the movement again. I think we, when we're practicing and when we're discovering awakening, we're trying to get out of this delusive movement of mind, which is trapped in identification in thought. And we're trying to sink into the empty, still nature of this, you know, the still nature of truth. But then from that place comes a different nature of movement, a different type of movement, a creative movement, which is not bound by self, you know, so it's the, the clunky bit can be learning how to manifest again. How do we relearn to let the empty loving presence manifest in the world as, and not in that delusive self-identified way that we did previously? You know, and I, I think you've probably felt it a little bit in your life, you know, actually I'm, 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 what would you say, expressing, let's say, I'm expressing this in the way that I know how, but it's unfamiliar and I'm not sure and I don't know how this is coming across or I don't know if this is what the world needs, but the heart needs to express it so it's being expressed. And you just get more and more comfortable with that. You just get more and more comfortable with manifesting as awake presence, I guess, <laughs> I'm not sure if any, not sure if any of that lands. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like a baby that's just like, <laughs> no, man, man, man. Wow. And these are the things it, that are often missing. Yeah. I think from like these subtleties that are often missing uh, in some of the more modern non-dual uh, online teachings is because actually these these teachings, including Advaita, you know, if you think about Advaita Vedanta, I'm I'm more from a, a Buddhist background is in a lot of the practice I've done as Buddhist but you know it's pointing to the same truth really just this truth but even in Advaita like Advaita Vedantic text and teachings are amongst the most numerous and the oldest in existence there's a lot yeah. to be gained from that but you don't hear a lot of that spoken about you you hear this kind of one manifestation of what non-duality is let's say but actually, read the Upanishads, you read the Bhagavad Gita, you know, like, go in there, dig around, like, read the discourse of Krishna. And, like, it's it's incredible. Like, it's absolutely divine it, it, to read. It's so imminent. Yeah. It's so yeah, imminent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not this detached non-duality that, mm. that, I think, again, it gets down to fixation. Mm. People fixate either, this is the whole middle way, you know, <laughs> Nagarjuna and all that. It's like, mm. well, okay, there's all this empty primal nature mm. and then there's the manifestation you know and of, you know choose of one or the other do you? you know of nagarjuna do you? i've got a consecrated uh, nagarjuna statuette that a, uh, a, a a subscriber of mine sent who's so beautiful was worked with a tibetan yeah yeah and i i you feel the energy coming off oh, that man. it's it is that integrate it's like the the form and emptiness emptiness and form the same that that dance yeah. and the emptiness are like you said there's no two anywhere mm. and it's felt and yet what we see and what the mind tends to create because the mind is a fixation machine mm. is one or the other or a little bit more in this flavor and a little mm. oh and these other traditions are you know they're too this so yeah. I, I like this 
And that's all fine. At some point that happens mm, always. Yeah, but of course. man, when the middle way yeah. is really kind of felt, then what shows up is maybe a good, another example from retreat. So then I'm, ha- I'm having this like complete self-emptiness and it's everything in its right place. And wow, okay, couldn't have been otherwise. Walking around the, the grounds of this place, beautiful place and seeing a sign and it says infinity way. And it feels like... <laughs> It, presence is speaking to itself and yeah. winking like this yeah, hilarious yeah, yeah, yeah. cosmic joke, right? Uh-huh. And so there's that. And then an hour later, feeling the worst, most direct manifestation mm. of shame. Mm. And then the response to that is to suddenly grab these AirPods, put them in and put the thing, hey Siri, play music and uh-huh. off it. Oh shoot, she's gonna start doing uh-huh. it, 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 it. And off it goes playing random tracks. Yeah. and intuitive in my room, intuitive dancing. Like if Beautiful. anyone saw me, they would Beautiful. think this guy's having a seizure. Oh, and it was just pure movement yeah, 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 that, yeah. that was saying, this is how you move to this music. Yeah. And I think one of it, some of it was like, one of it was like Gangnam style by Psy or something. Amazing. It was just crazy music. And it was, so, it felt so correct. Yeah. And it was so clear. It was like, this is the universe dancing. Mm. This is yeah. that primordial thing mm. showing up exactly. and there's no distinction yeah. at all. Yeah, the guru points the in trust the was... dances, you know, it's exactly it. Like that's exactly how it manifests, you know, is the, once the, the clarity of wisdom is uh, truly felt and truly embodied, then, then this life plays. This life knows how to live. Um, <laughs> so again, it goes back to trust, doesn't it? It goes back to that trust uh, that we were talking about before. It's like, okay, trust. well, how much are we willing to trust this? You know, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, 98.4%, is that enough? Mm, <laughs> mm, and it's so tricky, mm. isn't it? Like working with those, um, yeah, I think for me, and I mentioned this when we spoke on the phone, like it, at some point on this path, and it feels like you're kind of there as well, there's nothing but your actions and the feelings that come from the actions to guide you. It's like you you kind of see. You see through you've, the insight is, is kind of there. You, you've cut through quite a bit of this delusive self-view. But actually now from that place of knowing, look at what you do look at how you treat people, feel what you're putting into the world. And if you meet somebody and you turn them the wrong way and you, you, you are snarky or sarcastic, feel that, feel how much that hurts both them and you and causes discord. And in fact, it's almost, you can feel you move off the path. You can feel it like, oh God, like I was, I was walking the path and now I'm back into like kind of a delusive thing. So, yeah, it, it's it's that's it. It's just life, but it takes a lot of uh, vigilance. Like I said before, you've got to really keep being honest with actually what am I saying? Why am I saying it? That's another thing. Like, what am I what am I putting into the world? And why am I doing it? What do I want to get out of it? Is it me trying to protect myself because I'm scared of others? Or is it that dance that we're talking about? Is it that song of life that wants to express and bring people together and connect? Um, And really goes, as you can tell, I'm probably going to point back to the heart because really this is the tool that's online to help guide you. If your heart is online and you're feeling, you'll feel it. You'll feel it. 
That's it. You don't need to think about it. You'll feel when it's gone awry, you know. And it won't necessarily feel nice, but, uh, yeah, that's how we calibrate and that's how we change and how we grow and we can continue to uh, to realise, yeah, to become more deeply realised. Ah, beautifully said. And I'll say that um, this stands, this, what you're pointing at is is felt here to be absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think there was quite a bit of resistance to that early on when the goal was this kind of abstract relief <laughs> of suffering. And then yeah. the goal is like, well, what is truth? What is truth? All I care about is truth. Mm-hmm. But where where does love, compassion, and doing right action in the world fit into that? And when you watch some of these people online, they're, 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 you know, they're just absolutists in the sense that none of that matters. The absolute's gonna do whatever it does. The body-mind's conditioned. Yeah. It's just gonna play out its yeah. dance. And so you don't have to worry about all that because it's just gonna show up and just, know, just the realization is all that matters. Yeah. And then just shut up. There's yeah. nothing else to do. Uh, why like, then am yeah. I feeling this in my? Yeah, exactly. And, like, and <laughs> yeah. if you think about well, what yeah. what message, what so what does that message make people feel? That's all you need to do. If you're the one saying that message, look at the person you're saying mm. it to. How how is that landing? Is that skillful? I mean, is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it's the right time, and it can be. Maybe it's the right time person. to yeah. to bring the sword of wisdom down and slice through some delusion. Okay, but. You know, it's not always the right time. In fact, often it's not the right time. People don't want you to stand at the top of the well telling them to get out. They want companionship. They want connection. They just want sometimes for the first time in their life someone to love them and need nothing back. Because really what what this path is, is learning to love ourselves unequivocally and never need anything back. You know, never compromise that love just total self-loving acceptance so that we can then and if there's no two if there's no duality then that's total loving acceptance of the world isn't it but before we can get to that you know we could be we could have so much deep emotional scars that actually we don't have the capacity for self-love and compassion but if we meet somebody that meet that meets us with total openness and availability it can have such a such an impact like i've seen it firsthand and i don't necessarily from me i don't mean i've done this i'm not trying to say oh i've i'm changing people's lives i mean i've had that experience myself you know where you're just with somebody who is absolutely with you wherever you are no matter how deep this emotions felt they're with you and they need nothing from you man that like, like that is well, it's community, isn't it? And it's life meeting itself and it's family and it's friendship. And yeah, it's it's beautiful. Uh, and it's often lost, you know, nowadays because, well, there's many reasons, but it's often lost. So, yeah. A, a, a single thought in the mind vibrating can separate that mm. sort of acceptance yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're pointing at. And, and, and so, yeah, it's interesting because now that sort of scenario of openness seems to show up for me and others. Like they they see me so clearly, it feels like, yeah. because I've allowed myself yeah. to see myself yeah, yeah, yeah. and hold hold myself with yeah. compassion and go, you know, you were never, it was never, of course this was all innocent and mm. you gotta feel it all and go back and do all that. And so then you, you show up in a certain way and the projection mm. onto others starts to relax and then yeah. you see what's there. Yeah. And it's almost this mutual standing wave of, mm. oh, 
now the wisdom, the realization, the guru side of pointing to this is like this, looking at this, looking at this, seeing exactly the manifestation that's there. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's funny, it happens in the strangest ways. Mm. So yeah. I, I go to the dentist right after retreat and she's got to put a superficial filling in one of my wisdom teeth, which I'm not still supposed to have in the first place. Okay. And uh you know, the hygienist is talking to me and said, oh, I heard you do meditation because you were. I heard you talking to the person who cleans the teeth and uh -huh. like, oh, I'm interested in that too. And yeah, and, yeah. and it's funny, you just look, yeah. you just look at her yeah. and open. You don't have to say a word. No. And she almost started crying oh, just from yeah, yeah, being yeah. seen that she's yeah. searching yeah. and why. And so you just open yeah, and there it is. Yeah. And and then I felt like, wow, she saw me too. Uh -huh. She, it was so weird. I felt deeply seen. Mm. This is a stranger we've never met, and these kind of things happen repeatedly. Yeah. And, and and you know, in the old days, it almost felt like you're struggling to stay present. And you're, and 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 and, and I got to say this too because this is important. So there's probably a lot of people watching going, well, but. Yeah, this all sounds great, but I, I can't, I don't feel like that. Mm. There's so much. And that's what we're talking about, this kind of work of allowing and mm. feeling and letting all those residues and all that mm. conditioning and all that trauma be seen and felt in mm. presence and love. That's what allows that yeah. apparent opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and now it just seems to be self-reinforcing, whereas before mm. you're constantly having to pour in all mm. this like striving. Mm. And then at some point it becomes, oh, and it doesn't mean you don't become, you can't stay vigilant, you have to. Mm. And then it's like automatic, oh, you're right. When, when you do something that creates this signature of suffering, which now you're so attuned to, because you've mm. felt it in yourself so much, you see it and you know it and you're like, mm this is not okay, like something, something has to happen. Mm. And then you do the next right thing. Maybe it's apologize, maybe it's uh -huh. make a, an intention that says, I'm not gonna do that again. Yeah, or yeah. what is it in me that, yeah, exactly. that triggered that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is, yeah. like we said before, like this is the nuts and bolts of, of the work really. Like it, a lot of um, the unbinding process, it, it is kind of simple, you know, it does take presence and vigilance and kindness, but you don't have to be complicated. You've always got what's right in front of you. Like what's right in front of you is always enough to work with. It's always enough to work with. You don't have to find the deepest samadhi state under a tree, like with a setting sun, like on a Japanese shoreline. Like it's not, it, it, you can just go going, like standing in line at the post office. That'll do it. There's plenty of suffering there go there you know like you can yeah. keep it real yeah. simple yeah and just and just feel into so, yeah what how am i trying to run away and actually why am i trying to trying to run away from just basic life and then also what happens is when we when we start incorporating the heart we start recognizing and it's not my fault really that i'm trying to run away i'm just trying to be safe i'm just trying to find safety and these are the tactics i've used in the path in the past to do that but now i see oh they don't really work you know i just go into i go here and i go and just like send myself a little bit loopy um and then yeah maybe try and shut that off with other activities, distractions often, you know, Netflix or drinking a bottle of wine or whatever. But but seeing it for the first time and then not blaming ourselves for having these habits is is just really yeah, really important. And and actually a lot of people might say, well, that's kind of like basic stuff. That's basic 
awakening stuff. It's I'm, I'm past that. It's like, trust me, you are never, ever past it. Like, life will keep yeah. challenging you, and you need to keep feeling. And all it is, I mean, it gets subtle, but you imagine that this is the open heart. All it is, is you just feel where it goes. Just closes. Just has a shimmer of a close. You know, instead of mm. me being present and open and available, something's said and a heart feels that reaction. And if I don't feel it, if I'm not aware of it, then it reinforces this is how habit is formed, isn't it? Like it just keeps reinforcing the habit. So we need to keep aware and keep uh, with the work that we're doing. Um, and it's emotional and it's energetic. But yeah, so don't think that, okay, well, the basic watching our mind whilst being slightly frustrated, that's easy, you know, basic work. It's like, yeah, it can be, but it's also basically it. You know, it's basically all you need to do. Yeah. Because if you can be free oh. of that, free of that reactivity, there is freedom, total freedom, absolute freedom. Absolute liberation yeah. beyond the descriptions. Like yeah. the peace that passes all understanding yeah. is here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so a couple things. Ah, oh, man, so beautiful. The, the, the This kind of work of watching the mm. internal state and, mm -hmm. and the mind and that, uh, it's easy Er, yeah. in a state of samadhi or meditative yeah. concentration yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great then it is the work that's like oh yeah this is yeah. this is mindfulness 101 oh there's yeah. anger there's yeah. oh there's reactivity yeah. but in the post office line yeah exactly with your children with your spouse with uh -huh. your partner <laughs> yeah when the mind is and this was an insight this was a model i don't know that it's an insight this was a model that showed up for me on retreat and it was partially angela pointing at thought as the as the space, so you know, six senses, the sixth being mm. consciousness, thought, mm. as a vast imaginative space, spacious in itself, mm. through in which the sky in which these thoughts and conditioning accrue like little clouds. And so by becoming conscious of the conscious space, by knowing noticing it as if it were another sense, like sight, sound, touch, taste, smell, yes. you can notice. Yeah when these vibrations of thought happen yeah. and notice them as just that instead yeah. of as you. Yeah. So you mentioned like we jump into into that headspace to kind of escape these things. He called it a kind of an adult pacifier. Uh, it's like yeah. we exactly. learn as an adult yeah, 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 yeah. to put, yeah. put our binky in by going uh -huh. into imagination space. And But it, but if you see it as, oh, that's always there. It's, it's one of the other appearances. Well, then it's like, okay, so what's happening now? That thought that feels so contracted and so mm. me in the post office line is now given a, a space to graze in that's this infinite sheet of consciousness and, and the, your entire yeah. life story, yeah. all your conditioning, everything is one just quick yeah. in that space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see, oh my gosh, okay, okay, okay. And so that as a practice, uh -huh. as a orientation. So light, know, isn't powerful. it? So light, that I love that, yeah. Uh, yeah, very and, light. And you can feel that dance analogy coming back in, can't you? You know, uh, as in like, uh, actually that's the dance. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, in, in Dzogchen, they say that actually know that this truth is not mind, nothing is mind, and nothing is other than mind. It's like, oh. Ah. So you're like, okay, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's it. I yeah. can't get that. No, you can't. And also trying to stop that. It, it's basically a lot of people try to get into the process of trying to stop thought, you know. But actually, mm -hmm. th thought 
in a an experiential way builds our world it builds our world like literally builds our Absolutely. world you know 100% builds it yeah. yeah exactly so actually it's not to be stopped it's completely natural and it's and it's a beautiful in fact look how beautiful it is look at what this mind can do like what this is insane like cuz okay it can collapse into still empty well for some, you might be able to see it as like kind of still empty, interconnected, non-differentiated. But actually, the fact that it can then manifest as everything that's ever been thought about, said, heard, sang or experienced ever in the history of humanity, it can do all that. Like, okay, that's kind of And good. it can do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so brilliant. Oh, I love it. And it's kind of... It is. And, and that's a, another thing where I see maybe some uh people talking fixation. about realize yeah this fixation they're trying to like vilify thought and vilify mm-hmm. in fact it's like vilify mm-hmm. the self so they say no and I, it's understandable because the fixed rigid self that we believe in as an identity identity that is the, the root you could say the root of suffering you know but actually mm-hmm. from once you realize and see through its fixed identity to then be able to inhabit momentarily a self so that you can then see the suffering of another. So, like, because you wouldn't be able really... I don't... This is where I'm spitballing a bit. I don't know. But like, you wouldn't really be able to have empathy if it was just undifferentiated openness. Because it wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a point of view. There'd be no perspective. So what the self or the point of view in its most simple form allows us to do is to relate. It allows relationship. Without that, relationship is impossible. And relationship is real. And I was watching, uh, there's this incredible Netflix um, documentary called, uh, I think it's called Unseen Cave of Bones. If you've not seen it, Mm. I highly recommend it. Mm. So I'll not give away too much, but they find ancient remains of Homo naledi, which is not human, it's not Homo sapien. It's a it's a distant cousin of Homo sapien, different anatomy, like still bipedal, but a different route, a lot older, like probably two hundred and fifty thousand years older, before Homo sapiens came on scene. Much smaller brain, but what they found is in these non-human, small-brained creatures which in the past would have been called monkeys incapable of uh you know you could say advanced thoughts or behaviors they found uh, ceremonial burial um behaviors mm. in them as in like this treasuring life ceremonially with devotional aspects anyway you can watch that in your own time look into it but what's mm. really beautiful is they also found the f- probably the first example of cave art ever in history and it's not human and not wow. only is it not human it mimics human cave art the first human cave art and the first human cave art is a hashtag at an angle so you've got two lines two lines to create perspective that's it. It's the very first abstraction that's been seen is falling into a point of view. The dawn of, and this is, I'm improvising a bit, but it feels like from this perspective, you know, from the awake perspective, 
from, as opposed to just being pure non-dual creatures, the natural dawning of a point of view, a self that can create a world. And how do we represent this? How do we uh, show that this is what's happening? Well, we need perspective. So that's it. The very first art that's ever been found anywhere from humans, well, from anyone, really. That's it. It's not straight. It's at an angle and it creates depth, a point of view. It's like, okay, well, I don't know if any of that's true, as in the art bit's true, whether that's right, but it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Like this natural arising of self-reference as a way for life to ex to know itself better. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. I, oh man, I love it. I love it. It's that first pulling back yeah. to be able to see. And, that, and, and that's why this, I, I, your, your point about vilifying human consciousness mm. as some kind of suffering machine, as some something to be somehow snuffed out, extinguished, stopped, this, <laughs> this thought matrix, that's not it. Mm. That is the dance of this. And like you said, it's mm. beautiful and fantastic, mm. but where it be, it generates suffering can be discerned mm. using it mm, yeah. <laughs> and then also dropping into yeah. the pure presence from which it does emerge. And then when you notice that, then the clearing out and the seeing more clearly, the journey becomes much more instantly a challenge because mm. now everything has to be felt from a standpoint of, oh gosh, this is suffering. Like it's no longer unconscious. Mm. And then that starts to open and then it just becomes more of a flow. And then you have all the aspects of consciousness that can create a world and you can step into that fully. Mm. And then you can also see it for what's actually there, which mm. is ooh, indescribability. Yeah. And like you said, I think some of the fixation that might happen in the teaching world may be people that really do reside more outside of that yeah. in the empty yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, presence. And they can't inhabit or they're not inhabiting that that viewpoint mm. that allows them to understand mm. this person is not yeah. understanding. Yeah. They can't understand yeah. in this yeah. way yeah. and it's okay. Exactly. So be where they are. Yeah. And then there's an energetic knowing yeah. that's actually undescribable yeah. that is a transmission in that way. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful, yeah. isn't it? And this is that's like, a, yeah. it points to, I know, I know you have, you've mentioned the Heart Sutra a number of times um, and the Heart Sutra's uh, full uh, full name is a Pranya Paramita Hridara Sutra, so it's the heart of the perfection of wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, exactly. So, mm. um, and it's ex exposed by the Bodhisattva of compassion. So, isn't it interesting that a lot of people talk about the Heart Sutra and they talk about form is only emptiness, emptiness is for only form. So then in emptiness, no eye, ear, tongue, nose, mouth. And it runs through the scanners, it runs through the body. And what it does is it pulls apart form so that emptiness can be seen and then encourages us to hear the song of emptiness, the great dharani, the radius, radiant peerless mantra, the pranya paramita. And then from that point of perfection of wisdom, which is clear seeing as an absolute clarity, that's the clear seeing. But we still need to be, don't we? We still need to be. We can't just clearly see. We need to be. Well, how do we be? Well, compassion arises. This is why the Bodhisattva of compassion is espousing 
the the heart sutra of the perfection of wisdom. He's saying once we're able to see the truth of empty form, we can then enter into form from emptiness with spontaneous love and compassion available. And we can meet the suffering of all beings with total availability. And there's nowhere to, we, we know now, there's no delusive hindrance. There's nothing to cling to. There's nothing to be feared. So why not jump back into form again? You, you're not going to lose this emptiness. But, well, you can never lose the emptiness, but at, at that point it's known. It's just completely known. Like, so then there's no more, oh, I have to reside in emptiness anymore. You just allow, well, there's an allowing of life to form itself and destroy itself and form itself appropriately. And as it forms, compassion arises. And I think a really good yardstick for us on our path is look at our actions with clear seeing. Is it manifesting as compassion? And if it's not, you, the, the Mahayana Sutras would say, well, it's not perfected wisdom. You know, if it's not compassionate arising, the wisdom hasn't been perfected. Now, that's not me with that point of view. That's really what the Sutras are saying. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? But that compassion side's often missed when they talk about the Heart Sutra. They move into, well, actually, yeah, perfect wisdom, clear seeing. And then... The compassion is how we be in the world with others. It's so beautiful. Like it's so, so beautiful. beautiful. And this is, this is why the Heart Sutra seems to resonate in a, in a special way. Because if you read it quite literally, mm. you can fall into the mm -hmm. emptiness yeah. trap. You can say form is empty, it's empty, it's form. So basically all the skandhas are empty, everything you thought. In mm. fact, it's almost like going through all the previous Buddhist teachings and saying, you know that four noble path, all yeah, this, all that, yeah, all that, yeah, yeah. empty, uh -huh. empty. There's no attainment, there's no yeah. non-attainment, yeah. there's no suffering, there's no end of suffering. Yeah. No, and, and you're just like, but wow, it's so empty. But that's not mm. fundamentally the message. The fundamental mm. message is, yes. Yeah, so you see that, you need to see mm. that to be able to show up with absolute unconditional surrendered compassion for all manifestation, yeah. because it's the same thing. From that is come is this, they're not two at all. And and Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva mm. of compassion is the one espousing mm. it. And you're like, why he, yeah, why him? Yeah. How strange, because the Buddha in that, in that sutra, is in samadhi. He's mm. like, I'm checking out. You guys yeah, handle this. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah, 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 exactly. Meditating, it's, yeah, and then <laughs> it's so cool. yeah, isn't it beautiful? I mean, so it's so beautiful. Like you, yeah. So you know of Avalokiteshvara. He, I, I have to be honest. Like, he's a little bit of my idol. Oh, we can maybe do some. Yeah. Uh, we can maybe see some Kuan Yin fanboy shizzle another time. But yeah, uh, I. <laughs> I mean, as an embodiment of compassion. So the story, have you heard the story of the thousand armed Avalokiteshvara? So... No. I can... So I'll maybe quickly point it out, only because it's a fun story. And it's kind of like this archetypal, esoteric, very visual kind of thing. But it points to the depth of compassion. So Avalokiteshvara, or Kuan Yin, Kanon, um, Chinrezig, you know, in different countries is known as different things. Or she's on a it takes a thing. female form. Yeah, in yeah she, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's one which is the thousand armed Avalokiteshvara, but he didn't start off that way. He made a vow to uh, work with, this is as an awakened being, he made a vow to the Buddha to work with 
all the beings in samsara and free them all. And should he ever get uh, disparaged, may he be shattered into a thousand pieces. So then I think he did it for something like a thousand years continuously and then noticed he'd only saved 0.001% of all beings. And he got disparaged and got shattered. Amitabha shattered him into a thousand pieces. So Amitabha's the Buddha of infinite light. So, but from that, Amitabha then came to him and, and essentially said, right, well, let's put you back together again, but we'll put you back together with a thousand arms fanning around the back of you. And in the end of each hand is an eye to see the suffering of the world in all directions. And in each hand is an implement of the Dharma, a skillful implement. So you have infinite skillful means to see endlessly the suffering of the world and tend to it with, uh, with improvisation and skill, whatever's needed you bring. And he split his head into 11, into 11. So he's got 11 heads looking in at each direction. And Amitabha's head of infinite light, which is the light of love, illuminating the world so that he can bring continual blessings to the world. It's like, so that's the guy that espoused the heart sutra. So that's the depth of compassion we're talking about. <laughs> like, it's not just, it's not, oh, some guy who's into compassion said some stuff about wisdom. It's like, compassion as a fundamental aspect of the awakened heart yeah it's beautiful isn't it oh man <laughs> that was so beautiful wow i'll send you some pictures you, it's pretty, I, it's pretty I, cool <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah yeah there's, there's yeah yeah and this is i think that i think this is that we talk about the heart sutra we talk about the heart the heart of this conversation uh -huh. simon seems to be this it's this it's compassion yeah it's, exactly it's the self self-acceptance knowing that journey inward mm. to feel everything so that mm. then you can come back to this mm. manifestation and yes there's insight and yes there's clarity and yes there's no self-realization all that can happen mm. But from here, yeah. the radiance of compassion yeah. for suffering beings, because, and we've we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this together on any in, in a podcast, but even though we can talk about this world as a kind of illusion, a kind of appearance, a, a kind of um, you know they, they, they use terms like <laughs> Maya and Samsara yeah, and all that, yeah. that's all great. Suffering is absolutely, absolutely real because yeah, yeah, yeah. when. When this takes the confirmation of a separate being mm. that is suffering, that is experienced as pure reality. Mm. That's what is happening. Yeah. And it is urgent. It is taken yeah. absolutely seriously. Yeah. You cannot wish it away. You can't bypass it. You can't say it's illusion. No. You respond with love and presence and everything you can. All the thousand arms mm. have the tool mm. to see it mm -hmm. and to do something mm. specifically in yeah. that way. And the only way that you can show up like that is by turning it inward first. I love it. And continually. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I've looked yeah, at it as far as- I I said all that, but. Have, well, I mean, you said it because this is what's expressing. This is the dance, isn't it? You know, this is what mm. wants to show up. And the, the two hands in the middle of Avalokiteshvara, he kind of holds the bodhicitta in his heart. So the bodhicitta is the, the wish-fulfilling gem of the awakened heart-mind. And it's that which uh, allows the heart to be unbound. So no amount of suffering is too much for an unbound heart. Because a heart is unbound. It, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't, it doesn't grab. It doesn't hold. It just opens, 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 opens. Uh. So actually, suffering can be met. 
And the beautiful thing about compassion is that, well, for a long time, I didn't know what it, I actually didn't know what it was. I knew it, what the word meant. I'd heard the word a lot of times like, oh, compassion is that thing that you do where you make people feel a bit better. But then I remember the first time where I felt it. And actually, you know, in the Buddhist scriptures, what they say is, well, compassion is a flowering of when unconditional love meets suffering. So that's it. That, that, that You don't do the compassion. The compassion, right, it just spontaneously arises. So the love acknowledges and fully allows the suffering and then compassion arises. And when you feel, when you truly feel, I know you have, I know a lot of people have actually, when you feel compassion blossom in the heart, it is the most beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And it continues mm. to be that. And having had a life of not experiencing it, you know, a long life of it, not, it being offline, to find this gift as like, oh, what this is what human experience can be. Like, it can have this in it, this continual ripening, opening, blossoming, yeah, flower flower of love for myself and for others. Man, yeah, you, you kind of want to reside there, don't you? <laughs> Oh, and I say, Simon, I'll say this not to blow smoke up your ass, but you reside there as as many times as I've talked to you, you have never not resided well, there. Well, luckily and for it's you, so remarkable. my it's ass is empty. So, it, you know, <laughs> uh, and ungrasping. So. <laughs> yes, empty flatulence is something I strive towards, where it's just nothing but emptiness. No form, because the form has yeah. stinkiness to it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the pure emptiness. You know, so, so I, before I forget, I want to point to something that you were talking about. One of the thousand arms of Avalokiteshvara mm. is specifically aimed at healthcare professionals, mm. of which you are one mm. because you mm -hmm. work with people who are suffering sure, in that yeah. way. Uh, many, many times over the years, I've talked about the distinction that a, a sociologist, Paul Bloom, or psychologist talked about, which is the dif distinction between empathy and compassion. Mm. So when you first described how you thought of uh, compassion in the early days, mm. you said, yeah, it's like making people feel better and yeah. so on. It's something you do. Yeah. So empathy, affective empathy is feeling someone else's pain as yours and then acting from <clears throat> how that makes you feel. So if someone's suffering in the emergency department and then you're like, okay, let me let me let myself feel that. Oh, that must feel, oh, it feels terrible. Yeah. Let me do something quick here. Let me give them a medicine or let me do something in a very short term. Yeah. And empathy has a very narrow focus towards people that look and feel like you. You can only empathize with pretty much a single individual. You can't, Ooh. that's why charities always show a single starving African child, not talking about famine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's very reactive and it causes a fatigue, a kind oh, of a yeah. suffering uh -huh. Uh -huh. here. Now, what you're pointing at is what I would instinctively point to people and say, but there's compassion, which is love in the face of suffering. Mm. So mm. exactly mm. what you said, suffering and then compassion expands mm. to meet it. And it's a happening that isn't you. Mm. So it's infinite, it's a force of nature mm and you're just there mm. holding it mm. and not even holding it. And so there's no compassion fatigue, mm. there's empathy fatigue. Yeah. There's no compassion fatigue, yeah. it's infinite. And once you once you understand that heart opens, then you can work in healthcare and it's just, yeah, sure it's still hard and sure it's mm. stress on the body, but man, it's so different mm. than holding mm -hmm. suffering as your own. Sure. And, uh, and it's beautiful. And so people will ask, well, then how do I avoid burnout and that? And it's like, well, 
what we're pointing definitely, at is definitely. central. Yeah, central sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because just the amount of energy do you have to expend as a self trying to keep yourself safe in the face of all that suffering? Because that's what happens as a self is you meet people that are really suffering and you think, well, how do I protect myself? But if there's no self, there's no mm. protection. You don't need to protect a no self. Like, and I'd, I'd, I'm not trying to like, yeah. put the baby, like put the baby before the bath water. That's not a thing, is it? Put the car, <laughs> put the car. The horse before the cart, yeah, yeah. the cart before the heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that if you can just trust presence and availability. But it comes in stages. It doesn't come online all at once because the habitual yeah. survival mechanisms to close uh, to protect ourselves are really, really deep. They're really strong and they're reinforced all around us all of the time. So just seeing, and we talked about, about this, you know, it was like nearly two months ago, was it? It's about six weeks ago when we, when we had our chat. It's been yeah. a while, yeah. But like yeah. we talked a, a bit about, um, I've, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. The, the presence has wiped it. Isn't from, that amazing? The how presence that has wiped it from me. About... Yeah, we talked yeah, about I, so many and things. And I was with you and then now yeah, it's yeah, gone too. I yeah. How beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. It's but, great. Hey, sorry, it wasn't meant to be. Protection. Yeah, that's it. So protecting. Ah, protecting the self, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you feel that. I certainly feel that in, in my job where I'm working with other people. And you can see actually the, that burnout thing happening because they're just trying to navigate it all the time. Navigate, how do I behave with this? As opposed to just saying, actually, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't need to plan. I'm just, I'm just going to listen. Let's just listen. Let's start by listening. And then maybe something will arise. And if you're a professional who's trained for years, you are equipped. It will arise. Yeah. It will arise. Just trust that. If you've had, like, like you, you know, what, seven years of medical training and all that kind of stuff, it'll come up. Like, you've got the skills. They are embedded. You don't need to put that protective layer in front of it to think, right, I need to now plan how to give care. Actually, mm. trust the skills that you've embedded in you and then just give presence and care will arise. And, like, that empathy that you were talking about feels like, well, Empathy is a faculty, isn't it? Whereas compassion is the heart-opening love that we, you know, the heart-opening action. So it's like the empathic faculty is engaged, but then, yes. as in, like, we're able to uh, empathically connect, and then the heart can open, as opposed to oh, I just empathise and just stay in that. Okay, well, there's someone else; they're suffering. What do I do about that? You know, that's a different thing from going. There's someone else; they're suffering. Yeah, I'm coming in that well. Yeah, uh. lean in. Yeah, yeah, open, available. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and man, this is so important because I'm feeling into this now. This idea that as a self who's contracted and protecting their core from injury, which actually we're taught mm. to do yeah, yeah, yeah. continually exactly. in medicine. You mm -hmm. need to have boundaries. You need to have this and this, and this is how you do it. And then you recharge, you go on holiday and you do this, and mm. then you come back and you give all of that again. And then, but then you still, you, you know, you're keeping yourself. So that poor thing that's trying to navigate helping other yeah. people without getting hurt Whoa. is so innocent oh man, it's doing I just the best felt it can so hard because it is it's so like it's it's such a poor thing like oh i mean because 
you know, I, I know you can remember what that felt like. And I know you can remember the number of years we fought and fought and fought as a person to just try to be enough, just to get a little bit of peace, just to feel a bit of safety. And a big part of like the awakening process is acknowledging that really with your heart, acknowledging this, this has been quite hard, you know, and that, ah, and you. that is, you know, that, that guy that often the child that's grown up didn't deserve it. And yeah. yeah and I feel, and I feel that sorrow, you know, I feel the yeah. grief and the loss of a life not lived, you know, um, I say yeah. a life not lived, maybe that's a bit dramatic, but it's a different path, isn't it? But yeah, I think certainly for me, it's been a big part of my experience is that really feeling into the way it was and saying, yeah. actually, yeah, that kind of sucked. And, and, I'm, and I'm sorry because that's me. So actually, I, I turn to myself and hold myself and say, I'm so sorry. Mm. Like, mm. and I'm not going to abandon you again. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Um, I currently have an aged cat who's who's climbing all over things to try and see me. She oh, beautiful! Get, yes, come on, yeah. darling. She, let's get let's get her on there. Let's see if we can talk about holding something with yeah, compassion. Yeah, she's so. Here. I think she's basically saying, "Feed me, come here." Ah, uh, hello, darling. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh. so beautiful. Um, Look at just the nat, free from delusive hindrance, that cat. So gorgeous. So what I'll do is oh, beautiful. We, I can keep this on and I think, I think I can feed her at the same time. I'm going to go for, yeah, the, so go we for can it. keep yeah, chatting because she will start yeah, meowing yeah. in my face, uh, which is fun, Absolutely. but not necessarily good for the audio. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about a few things that carols. I noticed during my, yeah, some carols during my retreat, which was, this feeling of coming back for the child that you were and holding it and saying, okay, I'm not gonna abandon you again. That is so powerful and so beautiful because it felt necessary to do that before there could be a, a leaning into and an opening in a compassionate way for other beings, uh -huh. if you've not done that for yourself, it feels impossible to be able to do for others. And so oh, yeah. that would keep yeah, yeah, happening, yeah. keep happening. That And that, you know, that the thing that you taught us during the podcast, the self, um, that you, I think you learned it from Peter Levine maybe, oh, but yeah. the self embrace, the self holding mm. that I'm demonstrating now, like hand over the heart, hand over the shoulder and this, so powerful, and so many people I've talked to that learned that from you, from that podcast, oh, really? found themselves crying while they were doing it oh, and man, yeah. holding their, their, their young self and so on. And it's so powerful because we never give ourselves permission to do this. Yeah, it's yeah. um, and it's a kind of resource. It's a, it's a, you yeah. always have this. Yeah, you know, yeah, you always yeah. have this. A presence is holding you. You're, you're holding yourself. Yeah. Um, it's a touch that and, we, and, we've and, missed, and it, isn't it? It's a touch that we missed. When we, <clears throat> when we were growing often, that, that kind of uh, real tender embrace that's, that doesn't need anything back. A lot of the time when we were young, we might have got that, but it was a little bit conditional. It was kind of like, unfortunately, a lot of people have mm. kind of dysfunctional uh, primary caregivers. 
And what it results in is yeah. a, a type of affection, which is quid pro quo, you know, and it means that actually, yeah, I'll give you some affection, but it's not just, just for the sake of it. It's like, okay, and now I'm kind of going to use you as a bit of an emotional like springboard. It's like, I'm seven, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, can't, yeah. I can't do that, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. so, so it can become really difficult. And then, so the first time we turn to our own experience with like this loving embrace, it's just like, I'm going nowhere. I'm not abandoning you. Mm. I'm here. I'm listening. Uh, that can be really emotional if we've never done it before. And sorry, it's, it's emotional now, but yeah, certainly for the first time, you just feel like, oh God, a heart-breaking kind of experience. Yeah. No, it can't, for some people, Sorrow. it can be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It can be. The, the, yeah, and you know that, uh, this is the thing, there's sadness and there's sorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, sorrow is like just heartbreaking mm. for mm. in the face of suffering really is it's, it's really like that it's grief sadness misery all mm. combined into awe and it's actually a beautiful emotion so beautiful level so beautiful it opens the heart it, mm. it it really does and so i remember during retreat angela was talking about um mind identification and yeah. how it happens and how, you know, when we're very young, we pull back from experience, we're scolded, we're maybe not mm. uh, cared for in the way mm. that you're talking about, yeah. it's quid pro quo. And we learn to distance and pacify by going into thought. Mm. And then thought creates a house of mirrors of reflection yeah. because human consciousness is so powerful, it can do that. Yeah. It can create a standing web of mind identification. Uh-huh. And in that web is where all the suffering happens. And yeah. that's where the perpetual cycle of violence and child abuse mm. and everything. And, and it came up and people were talking about their stories in Q&A and you feel the sorrow. It's like your Kuan Yin, right? One who hears the cries of the mm, world, mm-hmm. you know? And how can you not respond but with absolute sorrow that is compassion? Mm. They're, they're almost not two. It's like, yeah. ah. Yeah. And, um, but to do that, if you can't turn that inward at your own self and and recognize that that self did not deserve the mm. suffering that it had, did not deserve the consequences of mind identification, did not choose it, could not have chosen it, and was innocent, then the ability to love it is so much more infinite. It just feels like, of course, of course. And, and you're right, it's essential to this. Mm. <laughs> it is. To, to do this work. Yeah. I, I don't know how you would manage without. and. You know, because there was a time just in the last few months, Simon, I may have even talked to you about this when we first met, where I was like, I just don't even know what's happening. Mm, Exactly. It feels like things are falling Uh away. It's an annihilative process. And I feel like there's a, it feels like a dying process. And then this showed up Uh, much more uh like this, like, (gasps) no, this is like fully manifest, like diving into the deepest depths of this manifestation. And it, 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 and this felt like, oh, okay, this is what it was not showing up yet, uh-huh. and now it's here, and yeah. it's, oh, it feels so different. And now I feel so much more available, whereas before I was noticing much more reactivity, yeah. and much more contraction, and much more yin and yang, push yeah. and pull, this kind of thing, and yeah. yeah. It's wild, isn't so it? So it has to be faced. It does have to be faced, and also next week it might contract again, and that's the thing, is like- Totally. The, yeah, and, and you know, we spoke a little bit. I, I know, I probably, well, we've not spoken much about trauma. I probably won't talk too much about trauma because we, we seem to be riffing in a different way. But as people who listen to our podcast, <clears throat> we spoke a bit in practical terms about actually the awakening process and a traumatized nervous system. And actually, it's important to recognize that when it's 
when you're doing this process with a nervous system that's been traumatized, it's not shadow work. It's not your. It's not like a deep emotional recess that you can access and play with. We're talking about the physiognomy of this being being shifted into the most primal energetic states at birth because the most advanced energetic states of uh, co-regulation, community, love and connection, you know, the human states that we've, uh, that we've developed in society to help us regulate, they're offline, they're gone. No uh, words, no conversations at, at, in those stages when you're, let's say, in full nervous system freeze because of past trauma, no words are going to help it. The, the body's absolutely, on the most fundamental level, just gone into shock, you know. And you start, yeah. it starts coming alive sometimes during the awakening process. You start feeling, oh, actually, this nervous system, this body has been deeply conditioned way beyond mind, actually. It's, it's, it's in the bones, it's in the blood, it's in the cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I found a great book recently. So there's a lady called Ali Wise who was posting a few things on Instagram. And she was posting just like little snippets, but every one of them was just like straight to the heart and felt just like... I was saying to a friend of mine, Sam Roth, who does some really nice things on YouTube about managing trauma and working with social anxiety and awakening. Uh, I've just sent him a a recommendation of it um, saying it feels state-of-the-art. What I mean by it feels state of the art, it's like this combination of all the different uh, fields of trauma and care and awakening coming together in this really loving expression of how to meet a, a nervous system that's been, well, yeah, badly abused and traumatized. You know, it doesn't have to be physical abuse either. It's just been traumatized. Well, one thing that she points out, which is really uh, central, is that the. the she talks about the ventral vagal and the and the dorsal vagal systems, but what they're basically saying is the the newer part of our evolutionary, uh, you could say, nervous system, and the older part. You know, one is five hundred million years old, the other one is half that. You know, so it's a much more new one. And what I mean by that is that actually the communication, co-regulation. Uh, society, community, conversations like this in order for us to regulate each other with healthy nervous systems. That's very new in comparison to the lizard brain, the, you know, the, the, the brain stem that is just, will, will instantly, instantly flick you into freeze or fight flight, like instantly do it. Like, so this new brain thing, uh, 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 this new brain capacity to co-regulate with others, if that's offline, which it goes offline because of continual abuse, no questioning, no words, no conversations, no guy at the top of a well telling you to get better is going to get you better. You have to go back to the source, back into the being, into the energetics. I need to convince that system there's safety. Because that's what it's saying is that there's no safety here. There's no safety. I'm under threat. There's no safety. But there's no words. It's the absolute core of your being going, danger, 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 danger. So how do you then uh, convince that to calm down enough so that then we can move up the dorsal, or sorry, the vagal ladder, you could call it, to start doing this, to start co-regulating each other in in conversation and, and community. But... 
if you speak to anybody who's deep in the recess of like traumatized crisis, this does not work. You, you, you can't do this. They are, it's life and death. The body is in life and death and they disconnect often from feelings, thoughts, emotions, sometimes into disassociative disorders, you know. So, yeah, it's important to recognise, well, actually, what basic things can, can we do to help regulate the oldest part of our survival mechanism? And gentle touch, like we talked about before, which was missing from our you know, developmental stages when we are in childhood, that seems to be a, a really good place to start. For me, it was the wrist, for whatever reason... For me, just gently stroking my wrist and my hand, it's it goes straight there for me. It's, it's the thing that goes straight to that place and offers a physiological sense of safety that no words can touch, really. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's tricky, though. Isn't I have it? nothing to say. That's a beautiful. I, I think people should. I want to pull that as a clip and release it specifically because th th this is so important. It, it We think we can bypass our, our ancient conditioning, which Ooh. I actually use this model here, this elephant and rider model of Jonathan oh, Heights amazing. to talk about like mm. kind of there's lizard brain. Mm. There's like a little bit less lizard brain yeah, still yeah. unconscious. And then the and then there's our cortex. neocortex. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And what we do is we ignore, we think uh -huh. we're all frontal yeah, cortex yeah, yeah. and that we can top down manage this. Yeah. You cannot, you have to speak to the elephant mm. that you're riding on because yeah. it's going to go where it's going to go. And you're just its press secretary. Yeah. And it doesn't understand words. <laughs> so, That's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't understand, understand the words. words. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. It understands yeah. energetic emotion. It yeah, understands yeah. touch. It understands fight or flight hormones. Uh -huh. It understands abuse yeah, on an energetic really level. Yeah. Um, it never forgets. The elephant never forgets. No. So yeah. how do you how do you manage that? And you know, when I used to talk in healthcare, I would say we're all we're all the rider right yeah. now. We're all the neocortex uh -huh. on this, and we're yeah. forgetting that yeah, humans yeah. are mostly elephant. And so we're telling people get vaccinated. You know, do this, do this, and they're what their elephant is hearing is. Oh, remember when I was six and I was strapped down by a couple nurses and got six huh. injections at once and Whoa. I didn't know what it was and yeah. it just felt like danger. Yeah, now yeah. you're asking me to do that to my child. Yeah. And exactly. the elephant's like, nope. And that's it. Yeah. That's exactly. it. Then 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 the writer goes and Googles, uh -huh. vaccine's bad, right? <laughs> and finds a million articles. Yeah. So it's that motivated reasoning. Yeah. But with trauma, I've not heard it expressed so clearly about trauma as you've expressed here. And you said Ali Wise. Maybe oh, man, we can put a link to her book. stuff. Okay, so I'm kind of midway through it now. It, the book I've got, it's like an online book, so it's PDF only, but it's called Embodied Healing. Uh, and it's mm. about as good as anything I've read. You know, I, I've mm. read Bethel van der Kolk's um, The Body Keeps a Score and a lot of other trauma-related books. This feels like a natural progression of that. It's really, really beautiful. beautiful. And so if you have experienced like complex PTSD, PTSD, traumatic early childhood experiences, or you're coming into these uh, trapped traumatic energies, this is a really beautiful way to slowly start opening up this new way of being. And what's beautiful as well is she explicitly says, this path is a path of awakening. And it's like, ah, ah. that's good. And she says, ah, and also there's not many uh, more potent paths for awakening than this and of course there isn't because if you get to the root of this yeah. you're really going to know what this is about um but yeah i think it's and the reason i 
obviously I mentioned it because it's been part of my experience. I know it's been a bit a bit of your experience, but also, um, how do I put this? If we're putting things into the world, and we know there's going to be people listening that may have had these experiences, surely we have a responsibility to be trauma informed. I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. From the point of view of, the, of some people expressing, trying to ex- expressing truth, and they are expressing truth, they're expressing truth from a place of actually being able to easily inhabit the ventral vagal system and have uh, very well adapted co-regulation mechanisms in community and in conversation and in families. Uh, so actually, they, they don't have this ancient nervous system that's just bypassing that instantaneously. So then being able to say, well, actually, you can transcend the trauma by doing this method and asking this question and all that. It's like, well, those that really have experienced the trauma go, what are you talking about? That doesn't like, I just feel more traumatized. <laughs> that's not working. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you need, that's diff- right. you need different and, things. And not seen. Yeah, not yeah seen. too. Like you're not seen. You're yeah. clearly not yeah, seen exactly. because you're not understanding what this is. And yeah. I love that 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 we we have an obligation if we're going to put this out in the world to be trauma informed. That is beautifully put because think of the harm you can do to yeah. a huge part yeah, of the population yeah, that is traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some level, we're all traumatized, yeah, right? For but sure. There's there's degrees and and uh, so I'm going to try to read this book because I feel like that has been a big blind spot in my own mm. unfolding because sometimes, and, and, and in medicine, we're so conditioned again to keep ourselves safe. Yeah. When I encounter strong trauma mm. as a physician, there's a natural pulling back and trying to hide behind the clinical facade yeah. because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. You feel the suffering uh-huh. and you can't, the, the separate self can't take it. Yeah. And it's, it's just afraid, yeah. like afraid of what's hiding here uh-huh. too. Yeah. So there's a wall that goes up and I learned that yeah. early in my training and it's pounded into you again and again mm. and again. And so this process of unbinding all of that and opening um, has come with a lot of, of recognition that, okay, so now I have a big blind spot. Uh-huh. Like what is, like severe abuse in childhood. Yeah, How does that show up? Yeah, yeah. How do I speak to that? How do I feel that? Huh? Um, when I had a when I had a relatively good childhood, but mm. the traumas that I had were so impactful. Yeah, like exactly. feel so yeah. uh, have such a gravity. Yeah, and by comparison, in an absolute sense, you're like, well, but there's no comparison. So, um, but it's not yeah, about yeah, but there is, but there is, there is comparison there, and, th- and this is one of the like the myths and kind of storylines that we tell ourselves that we say there's no comparison between a person that was sexually assaulted and uh, beaten and abused, and me. We often say that, don't we? But actually, what mm. what we find is in the first two to three years of our life, if the child is their basic needs are not met. Is that simple? Their basic needs are not met, and they because w- what they need is a sense of safety, guidance, connection, and love, uh, and being seen, and to be around other nervous systems that help them to co-regulate. So no, you know, if from an awakening point of view, you, you, we can sense that there's no duality, there's no two. So actually, we've just got these interrelated nervous systems that are responding to the environment and each other. They are then there's no difference between this nervous system and your nervous system other than, well, 
there is a difference, an apparent difference, but it's interrelated. You know, we're, we're vibing together. So that mm-hmm. bond between a young child and a primary caregiver is, ex- is that's it. That's all their life is. It's entirely that. And if that's dysfunctional, mm. that can have a deep, deep impact. And it can be just as simple as the parent leaving their child to cry all night again and again and again. Like, can you think mm. about what that'll do for a child in fear? You know, and mm-hmm. I get why it happens, but what we're finding, at least what the research seems to be finding, is that actually has a really detrimental impact. You know, because it's pre-verbal, uh, unable to understand what's going on in the world. They're just met with instantaneous fear and abandonment. And what they get, they're trying to vocalise, and what they get mm-hmm. is nothing. They get the abandonment that they fear. Like, so then is, mm-hmm. if that becomes an archetype throughout the rest of your life, then you're going to be moving from that place of fear and you're going to be manifesting uh, abandonment issues in your life for the rest of your life. You know, this is why we talk about, or people talk about attachment theory quite a lot because it's these attachments that we form in early life. So it might seem different. And I know it is different as in like what actually played out, but what they're finding is the effects of... Uh, emotional neglect early on in life, it has exactly the same impact on the nervous system. Exactly the same impact, and just and it and it basically shuts down that co-regulating ventral vagal communication part of the brain. In fact, it never develops, never fully develops. And what we then do, at, like at a very early age, we just operate from the oldest survival mechanism, which is normally fight, mm. flight, and if that doesn't work, get even older. Shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. Freeze. And fawn Mm -hmm. and try to stop it from happening. And we fawn and we try and people please. So, yeah, it's it's a really Mm. fascinating area to to explore, isn't it? Really. But why why not, like, explore this? Especially if we're going to communicate about consciousness and well-being, which we are doing, and other people are. Why not be trauma-informed? Because you will meet people that have suffered trauma. And if you don't really understand or feel into how trauma works and has injured people, then you can re-traumatise them. And you can especially re-traumatise them as a teacher, telling them to just go into the heart of the trauma when they can't. I mean, they absolutely can't. It's re-traumatising. And you're getting people saying, just be with it, just go deeper, love it more. It's like, I see what you're doing, but... That capacity is not online yet. They're like, yeah, yeah it's a tricky thing. Yeah. <clears throat> this is, um, I mean, this is the deepest stuff actually of human conditioning. Mm. Like, because you're, you're talking at the earliest days, mm. and if you imagine where these energetic um, fluctuations of pattern, and we're all interrelated, like you say, which is a realization. It's not something we imagine. You can realize this, then any sort of perturbation early on. And by the way, this is important to say, this is innocent. The parents yeah. are innocent. Yeah, exactly. The situation yeah, is yeah, innocent. Yeah. The child is innocent. This is just how things, cause and conditions come together and that child is conditioned. That pattern of uh, energetics vibrates out into the future and, and self-reinforces in certain Ooh. ways. So that ways that the child learns to pacify might be to go into imagination or thought and create a thought constructed world. They might It might be people pleasing, it might be seeking yeah. attention, it might yeah. be all these things. And that is just the path of that child, that's fine. What can happen, the good news is later with these trauma-informed strategies, mm. you can get the resources yeah. to reach yeah, yeah, yeah. the deepest trauma and and go from that fight or flight lizard brain, fight, flight, uh-huh. or freeze to a higher 
co-regulatory function to a self-co-regulatory function mm, to now yeah, you're co-regulating yeah, with yourself yeah, to now noticing something that would happen at again i keep bringing it back to retreat because i can't not talk about my own experience oh. because i'm a narcissist actually because that's just how it is it shows up so what what i'd notice is thoughts would arise and they would be particular thoughts about a person or an event or a thing mm. and they would start to launch and naturally what would then happen is i'd go okay, this is clearly a response to something energetic that's happening and has been happening for a long time. Where's that? And attention would yeah, go right yeah, into the body. Yeah. And contrary to how it is when we're very thought identified, now there was enough um, meditative presence or, or just general allowance, mm. surrender in a way, that it went right to where it was. Mm. And it was surprising every time. It was some emotional resonance mm. that was the primary yeah. thing that was then triggering a flight yeah. into thought yeah. and then the reflections in the pool of consciousness yeah. just pop, 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 yeah. pop, and attention just being stuck there yeah. and that feeling like suffering yeah. Yeah. because it's an avoidance of what's actually here which yeah. is this so then you dive into that and you realize oh it's a little bit of fear uh -huh. A fear of not being good enough, yeah. and it's and it's reflected as all these stories. And who knows when that happened? And then launching into actually feeling back into childhood and going, ah, remember that time when you were so you fell in love. This was my own story. You had you were so in love with living things. Plants in particular were fascinating, and that you dug up these plants from the nearby forest and you replanted them in a garden. Mm. And these neighboring kids who were kind of the bullies of the of the neighborhood yeah. came, made fun of you, physically yeah. threatened you, and tore all the plants out. Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was the first time you might have felt here, felt feel it right here, that it's not okay to love something so much yeah. because it's gonna be taken away, mm. or it's gonna look bad, or you're gonna lose the support of community, or you're gonna be physically in danger. And now when I feel love for people, I contract into thought and go, why am I worried about other people? I'm here for my own retreat. Huh. And then feeling into the body and going, oh my God, that's what it was. Yeah. And this all happening naturally. Yeah. Wow. And how could you possibly have that sequence of insights happen if you're still terrified, if there's still the deepest fight or flight? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I see exactly what you're pointing at. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it, when that, for me, when that first started to happen, it again, this is just an anal analogy, but it felt like a golden thread had been found that went right into mm. the deepest seat of my being back to early childhood. Mm. And I was able to follow that mm. thread down and almost from that event see the unfolding of all of the coping mechanisms that had, had flowered <laughs> through, throughout my experience. Yes. And you're just like, oh, Beautiful. that that relationship, that thing made me do the all like be be this be this way blindly be this yeah blindly do it i didn't I, and it's innocently like, innocently yeah, too blindly exactly. yeah man oh this is so Ooh, good wow isn't it? isn't it good this oh man <laughs> this is good it's, so it's better than good yeah it's the good news it's the good yeah. news it's like this is unwindable oh. this is addressable you're not broken you never were broken and it's, so it's nice hard to talk and about, no one like, should tell you just well, I was going to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with a bit, a bit of lag. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah, I mean, um, the fact that it's nobody's fault and there is a way to work with this. And also, you're not alone, you know, I know, and I'm speaking mm. to both you directly, Zubin, and also those others. It's like, you're not alone. 
we are here for each other. Mm. This is what we can do for each other, you know, and isn't mm. that is good news because this is how we rebuild community. And this is how we, you could mm. say, retake our life back as humans on the planet is that we start exploring mm. this with each other. Why not? You know, what mm. else? In fact, what else are we going to do? Um, what else is there? Yeah, exactly. You want to get more stuff? Oh, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I mean, it's all going to go yeah. in an in a impending climate disaster soon anyway. So, like, you've got, what, 15 years? Like, <laughs> or a nuclear yeah, war. Yeah, make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's been really nice because, like... Let's love each other. Well, yeah, and I think what I appreciate about you here and us and our conversations is do you hold space for that love and that loving connection to arise? Uh, and the fact that we can talk about this around Christmas time feels really important um, because mm. actually this season, you know, I was going to maybe talk about this earlier on, but this season is, for me, is heartbreaking. And I don't mean bad. I don't mean bad, but there's something about Christmas that is so deeply, deeply tender. Like, because when you think about or feel into what it is, it's just this weird arising of joy and prettiness and the desire for family and friends to come together and it comes from obviously the, the winter solstice like on the coldest darkest night humans come together surrounded by warmth and light and food and they share life with each other like and then you get mm. it represented as thing weird like a weird talisman like a christmas tree because it's such a weird thing a christmas mm. tree but I saw a Christmas tree for the first time this year, like about two weeks ago, and I just wept instantly. Like just the talisman mm -hmm. of what that implies, just this, oh, like it just, oh, it's so beautiful. Ah. And because then you look out onto yeah. the streets, you know, and like I live in an inner city area and there's often a lot of divide in cities. But then you look out into the streets and people are putting their lights up and they're having a bit of a competition and there's people coming together and there's like there's a Santa on the back of a weird truck playing music, trying to collect money for charity, going around the streets. And it's like, oh, something's happening. Something is happening. And it's so human. Um, so it's been, I've been feeling a lot of tenderness. So be, to be able to talk about love and compassion at this time of year feels really right for me. And also it feels right because I all, I know what it's like to dislike this time of year as well. I know and I feel it a lot every year. Christmas is hard for some people. Like it's really, really, really upsetting and really hard. Like if you're depressed and if you're alone, you do not need infinite adverts and posters telling you cheer up be happy with family like i can't i don't know how to i don't have a family like that can be so punishing like it I, i've been in that place in my life you know in the past and mm. uh so yeah it's a, so even though i feel the tenderness of that coming together yeah i also feel that you know this is a tough time of year for people um so yeah, if you're feeling alone, reach out, you know, like just just try and find someone around you. I know you can't, people can't sometimes, but try and find someone around you or something just a bit simple, grounded and connected uh, and reach out to other people, you know, resist the urge to kind of go in mm. and just see if you can yeah, meet others. Oh, yeah, mm. I feel it though. I feel it a lot. Yeah. Wow, man. 
I'm just along for the ride now. I mean, that's beautifully expressed. The Christmas tree as a talisman, you know, when you see it now, you know, we're so conditioned now, the Christmas tree is another commercial symbol Mm, of commercial Christmas. And and then, you know, the Christian folks will say, well, no, it's really, we've lost the fundamental Mm. Christian component of Christmas. And, but really when you look at it as symbols, as as a distinctly human enterprise, Mm. that Christmas tree, And for many whose childhoods had those trees, and if you're Jewish, yeah, you had other symbols. Yeah. Uh, it's such a powerful symbol. It's like mm. when Kurt Vonnegut, the author, said, yes. "There's no more powerful symbol of man's humanity to man than a fire truck." Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just like wow. And with the Christmas tree, it's like it is exactly this. It's this like hopeful, glistening, beautiful yeah. symbol, light with, in the dark. Yeah, it's glistening. It's a light gl- in the dark. Because it's light in the dark and it shows you there are people here. This, the, mm. it, the tree didn't light itself. It, it, it's showing the world, look, there's light and there's, there's humanity here. And somehow we come together, you know. And I'm not trying to like romanticize Christmas or whatever. Like people have different relations to it. I, I get it. But I seem to be lucky now, now, and it's not always been this way, but I can just kind of. The lights just seem pretty lights everywhere and like having nice food and hearing like some carols and stuff. It's like, oh man, this is nice. It, it just feels nice. Not every, But I know not everybody has that feeling, but certainly at this time of year, it makes my heart open. So for us to spend, mm. you know, the best part of two hours talking about love and connection is, it is a gift. That feels like a gift for me. Oh. Oh, it's definitely a gift for me. And I hope it's uh, received by the people who listen in that same spirit. And I'm sure it will be because uh, your expression of this is so, I was going to say unique, but I'm just not savvy enough in the mm-hmm. space, but I, because I'm I'm still, you know, it's amateur hour over here, but I have to say <laughs> that I've never talked to anyone who speaks about compassion, displaying the compassion at the same time and allows the person listening to feel so deeply seen as you, Simon. And when you first reached out by email and we started talking, it, I feel like things have shifted so much for me. And so I'm so deeply grateful uh, mm-hmm. to you. And I think a lot of the audience is too judging by the emails I get from our last conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping we can do more of yeah, these on a regular can. basis if you're down. Yeah, we yeah. can, for sure. Yeah. Why not? Like, and uh, yeah, and I'm grateful for you. And I, especially because, you know, and I, I can say this like on this forum, but a few nights ago I needed a friend. I needed a friend, and you were an you were a good friend to me. Like, and this is what I mean about you know, just just being there. You got in the well with me for a bit, you know, and I needed that. Mm. And like, this is what we're here for. This is this is our human manifestation. Mm. And when we're able to share that, life becomes better. Love can flourish. Connections are made. So. Yeah, I'm grateful for you for so many ways, but also for your friendship. So thank you, Ruben. I really appreciate it. Oh, Simon, man. And that's the perfect segue into smash that like button, <laughs> hit subscribe, and turn the little notification bell on. If you like this show, join our supporter tribe at cdogmt.com forward slash supporters. Oh, Simon. Uh, are you going to do a we Christmas did a sale? Here. We did a thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, 25% <laughs> off the Dharma <laughs> for Christmas. It'll still cost you everything, but... <laughs> everything, but minus 25%. So what's 25% of infinity? It's still infinity. Oh, man. 
<laughs> I love it. Brother, oh, such a joy. Um, until next time, uh, thank you again, man. Yeah, Merry, oh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone else.